and welcome back to Nerd vs. World, episode 69, Brennan Sai's Excellent Nerdventure. I'm Brendan. I'm Spindles. And on today's show, we are going to be talking about the things that have kept us away from the podcasting world for the last few months, uh, an awful lot of conventions that we've been to. Uh, so yeah, I'm just going to run through that, and then oh, we're, we're joined as well by Emma. Hello! She's sat, she's sat so quietly at the conference there. <laughs> You just cooked me dinner as well. How can I do that? I'm going to forget your. Unlike you sitting quietly, dear. <laughs> okay, uh, let's just jump straight into it. I guess. Yep. Where cool. should we okay. start? Where should I? I don't know. Well, we, we've been off doing various convention things. I think you were probably first up with your Star Wars celebration. Yes. So I went to Star Wars celebration, and it was an awesome three days of Star Wars geekery. An awful lot of queuing, queuing for literally everything. Um, I think on the final day I queued for an hour just to get into the Star Wars Celebration exclusive shop um, and okay. then about half an hour to queue at one of 18 tills to pay for the stuff that I bought at the exclusive shop like queues were everywhere that's insane yeah uh, the Friday morning I got up from the hotel went over to the x Centre for about half past six in the morning got my a new hope wristband for the screening but the queue was massive for the Rogue One panel so I thought well I'll go back to the hotel get breakfast and I'll come back over so I went back over at half past seven got my straight to the head of the queue for Rogue One and then you had to queue again later on in the day before you went into the screening room for that so yeah queues all over the place but totally worth it <laughs> I mean last time it was in London was 2007 because obviously it was the 40th anniversary of Star Wars being made was filming in 76 mm-hmm. in Pinewood um, but yeah it was just like such a wonderful experience There's so many cool things to see I think my highlight for me aside from the Rogue One panel which was outstanding um, was the Ahsoka Untold Tales panel I'm a massive fan of Ahsoka always have been even when like all the the all the fan rage at the idea of Anakin having a Padawan and then having that Padawan be a woman. And but I think she's great and she's a great character. And when Lucasfilm sold themselves to to Disney, they didn't finish the the story arcs they had for particular characters because the Clone Wars series just stopped there at the end of five. But Dave Filoni was there with Ashley Eckstein and he was talking her through where her character was going to go mm-hmm. and the roles that the sort of the, the tales that he had for her uh, and he'd done artwork for them as well there's so many cool things um, he had like this idea that the centre of Coruscant was this Sith temple that they'd built Coruscant around it and they'd obviously capped the temple with the Jedi temple to uh, try and keep that evil in check and one of the storylines had them going back for the Sith holocron at the centre of Coruscant uh, and Ahsoka, not a Jedi at this point, which is working with them, is he shows some artwork of her sealing the door with her lightsaber. And all you can see is her lightsaber sort of melding the door shut and then lightning just flickering around it. And he turned to her on the stage and said, you didn't realise it, but Ahsoka was fighting Palpatine at that time. And like, the fans just went nuts. <laughs> um, and then he <clears> told <throat> the story about how Ahsoka tracks... Darth Maul down to Mandalore. He's become the sort of the ruler of Mandalore after the Mandalorian Wars, 
and she goes back to the Jedi to get Anakin and Obi-Wan and the 501st and they go back out to Mandalore but as they get there Yoda sort of messages them and says I need Anakin and Obi-Wan back at Coruscant there's been an attack on the capital and Senator Palpatine has been kidnapped which obviously would have led straight into the start of episode 3 mm-hmm. um, so there was a moment he described where Ahsoka and Anakin share their last sort of moment together before obviously Rebels season 2 where Vader comes back and mm-hmm. fights Ahsoka and he's telling her how it doesn't matter that she's left the Jedi, that he's still proud of her that he's always going to be proud of her everything she's achieved and that he trusts that he she can bring in Darth Maul on her own but she won't be alone and he opens he gestures to these cargo doors that open and wrecks and half the 501st come out and they've changed their helmet design so they look like her to Gruta markings and everything and then Ashley Eckstein is just in absolute floods of tears <laughs> on the stage and I swear to god fans around me are crying as well <laughs> such a beautiful idea and Dave Plane is like why are you crying this is this is amazing why are you crying <laughs> this is why I've never told you anything <laughs> <laughs> but yeah basically she got to lead half the 501st in capturing Darth Maul well, he escaped but mm. you know and like all of this stuff now is actually going to be canonised because it's going to be in the new Ahsoka book that's coming out. Right. It's going to be sort of uh, mentions of this in that book. But yeah, that was one of my highlights. Sweet. Because I just, I've always been. Well, she follows me on Twitter. I've always been a fan of Ash Dexting. Um, but yeah, just the amount of work that got into really fleshing out this character and making a full part of the universe. And like, it's just like fitting as well. I think that after so much backlash about Ray from sort of men rights activists around Force Awakens that you know, just a reminder that Star Wars has been pretty well renowned for so strong yeah. female characters and like you just need to get used to it. Sweet. So what what was the um episode four panel? That was just the screen. Oh, it was literally yeah, just, just the screen. screen. There, there was no extra and no, stuff just around. To go and watch it. Right, okay. Which version? It? I didn't actually go in the end. Oh no! No, I keep my ticket. I keep my ticket, and then, well, you know what I'm like at conventions. Mm. I get really hyped, really excited, and then I burn out really, really quickly. And mm. the screening was really fucking late, and I wanted to get to a panel the next morning, so I didn't bother going. I was like, I might have to be up early to queue for for something else tomorrow morning. But. I, oh, I want to know what it was now because I want to yeah. know whether it was the theatrical yeah, cut or whether it was the special edition. I didn't actually go. I think after being in a room with 4,000 people watching the Rogue One panel, mm. I think I kind of burnt out after that, because right. that was, that was, it took a long time to get <clears throat> out of that room, because mm. they were giving away, they, they unveiled the new um, film poster for it, and everybody who was at the panel got a copy, so obviously they were queuing very slowly to get out of the room with the hands out yeah. posters. Uh, but yeah, that was probably the highlight, and then just seeing people. Sweet. Just seeing the costumes, like going around the uh, the Rogue One exhibit and looking at the costumes for that, and there was some really, really top cosplay there. There was one Ray, Ray who I could have sworn was Daisy Ridley. Like the cost, the costume was just perfect. Like it was amazing. Yeah. So thoughts on Rogue One? Are you look excited? I'm to it? super excited yeah. for Rogue One. <laughs> Um, it got a little bit spoilt at the panel. One of the um, one of the actors just say like, English isn't his first language, and and he did let something slip. So uh, I'm not going to spoil it. 
I think a couple of other places have, but that's not what we do on Nerd vs. World. Nope. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Forrest Whitaker's character is going to be really interesting, Saw Guerrero. Because he was taught, cause he, it, it's obvious when he says it and you think about it, but um, there's not one Rebel Alliance. Mm. Like, there's di- the characters of different factions from different Rebel groups. Yeah. And they're trying to come together at this point. That they're trying to form the Rebel Alliance that we know from so far. So yeah, there's some some characters who do whatever needs to be done, any means necessary to overthrow the Empire, and there are others obviously who don't. Um, so I think he's been quite a militant character. Cool. But I'm looking forward to it. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy was there, and she was talking about when she used to visit the set, looking for the director, and like, where is he? And like, he'd literally be in the middle of a scene with a camera on his shoulder, trying to find new angles to work it from. So I think it's going to be a different type of Star Wars. Okay, film. cool. Well, all up for different. Yeah. Uh, the behind the scenes reel they showed, which I think is online now. Um, it looks like a war movie, hmm. proper war movie in places. You feel very immersed in the action. So yeah, sweet. Well, I've been psyched for that film for ages. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so nothing changed my mind about yeah. that movie. Excellent. Good. Good. Yeah, and uh, that was mostly my style celebration. Geeking out, buying a load of art. There's some really good Star Wars artists there, so I bought a load of art. Um, and yeah. Just, awesome yeah. well worth it then totally worth it like yeah it hadn't been here since 07 like I said so like you had to go and buy it although I will say that when I got my tickets I got my tickets April 2015 because I was watching the live stream from Anaheim and I booked the large t-shirt package so I think I was considerably more optimistic back in April 2015 <laughs> than I had any reason to be because I got there I tried it on I was like oh fuck <laughs> there's no way this is going to fit me Right. so I now have motivation to lose some weight to get into this t-shirt cool but yeah that was celebration nice where else have I been I went to Insomnia as well mm-hmm. I've just finished Insomnia in fact uh, I went to Insomnia Game Festival this weekend just gone um, I was demoing board games for Ninja Division okay so the Ninja All Stars game we played Super Dungeon Explorer yes yeah so it's it's a similar sort of feel in terms of the models and the minis uh, it's that chibi design and it's soda pop again um, but you take control of one clan of ninjas and basically there are different game styles that you can play you either play King of the Hill Capture the Flag Messenger a straight brawl so it has that computer game sort of essence still to it mm-hmm. but in a board game format okay. and all the models just do different things different kinds of different abilities um, yeah I played maybe nine games over the space of two days demoing it for people so much fun how long a game does it take uh, bear in mind we were demoing mm-hmm. so we were doing quick King of the Hill games they can take about an hour, hour and a half ok so kind of similar to Super Dungeon Explorer yeah. in, in length yeah. that, that Super Dungeon Explorer can go on for a very long time oh it can it? indeed <laughs> well yeah that was fun um, and the great thing about it as well is like because obviously each spirit clan has different abilities the characters have different abilities as well it's a basic roll for attack and roll for defence but your movement is allocated um, but then you can get the, the full clans and the advanced set 
and it works kind of like Blood Bowl and Necromunda. Okay. You can have a league style to it as well. So once you get a league set up, you take your models along, you build your, your ninja team on a points basis, and then you can get XP, and you can level up your models and get extra abilities. But unlike Blood Bowl, if they die in a the game, they don't actually die. You can still bring them back. Right. So you don't lose your champions. Um, right, yeah. It was just really fun to play. Mm. I've, been, I've been learning to play the game before demoing it. And I think when you learn to play a game and you're being taught the rules and stuff, it's kind of a... It's hard to see the big picture. Mm. But when I turned around and started playing the game and demoing it, that's when I, I saw... That's when the stuff clicks. Yeah, yeah, how much fun the game can be. Um, I had to try really, really hard to lose one of the games that I played there. So it's, it's a it's a let the Wookiee win situation. Yeah. So you, ne- you never want to beat someone you're demoing to. But yeah, the last game I demoed was a one-on-one King of the Hill, and they wanted to play with the advanced models. So we played with the advanced models, and um, yeah, I, I had to throw the game. <laughs> I, I worked really, really hard to throw the game. Um, but just in case you, just in case you are listening, though, he, he really did win legitimately, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was just it was still fun, even in defeat. But yeah, great experience. Weird to do it from an exhibitor's point of view, because obviously we've done. We've done conventions from a get from a, a guest point of view. Yeah. We've done it from a press point of view. Yep. Like doing it from an exhibitor's point of view is really different. Because I was there for the build on Thursday as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just really weird seeing what the what the hall's like, sort of before the stands are erected. Yeah. I find that fascinating from when MCM do yeah. the same from when the steampunk set up the stall, and you see those vast halls with no one in there and and you know hardly anything up it's it's quite different yeah. to the final event because we were there it's we were there on the thursday um pretty late just sort of literally popping out all the bits of the board that we needed and stuff and people are building stands around us and then we went back in at half past seven on the friday morning for opening which is like everything is just up and done and empty that's why I've got loads of photos. So there's loads of photos going from the Facebook page. Um, but yeah, it was weird. Did, did you have to just stay where you were all weekend, or did you actually get to go out and see much of the rest of the con? Uh, I got to wander around and look at the stalls. I didn't get to go and do much else because there were keys for everything. There's the keys for all the Sony PlayStation VR stuff. Mm. Um, and they had a uh, Gran Turismo game with. Must have been like 16, 18 individual units, like big circular units where you sit in and they've got a screen and everything. And that's big multiplayer racing games going off with right. us before. Um, I didn't get to get to any of the panels. We could hear most of them. We could hear where, where the stand was. We could see We could see what was going on on the main stage, but not who was on. Mm-hmm. And we could hear the insomnia stage from the other side. So we could hear everything that was going on. We were right by the Retro Zone and the Nintendo crew as well, so they were DJing for most of the weekend. But yeah, no, they didn't actually get to go and have a play with anything, which kind of sucks. Mm. But then we're at EGX in a couple of weeks, so we'll play with some stuff then. Hell yes, we will! <laughs> yeah, we've yeah. got four days at EGX to yeah. go and play the crap out of stuff. Yeah. So we'll do, we'll do, I'll catch up then. Um, what was cool, I think I was saying before, we've, obviously, we've interviewed a lot of people. We've had dinners with people from Star Trek, we've chatted with people from Doctor Who, we've chatted with my doctor, Preston McCoy. Like 
there's a new type of celebrity that I've been completely I've, well not aware of, I've, I've been aware of them because we're kind of in the same sort of area but these are YouTubers doing games and, and Twitches as well I guess mm-hmm. um, and on the f- Saturday it was there was a young lady walking around I think she must have been about 19 or so uh, and she was being stopped by everybody for photos and autographs but stopped by a lot of young girls and I was just like I don't know who she was or what she was famous for but whoever she was she was reaching a demographic that I think isn't reached nearly enough in gaming so cool. I want to find out who she was so I'm going to say fair play keep it up awesome um, I imagine she might be at EGX which we'll have yeah. to see okay well I, I'm sure we can track it down <laughs> yeah. but it was really okay. cool it was good to see I don't know how they handle the fame at that age either mm. must be really weird let me stop and think for a second uh, we got a tweet from Game as well. Game tweeted nervous as well. Cool. <laughs> yeah. All in all, pretty fun. Yeah. We've got quite a few kind of Twitches and Let's Plays and stuff up now because the, the Wonky Gamer guys are doing yeah. quite a lot. And I've done a few Twitches because I've been playing the shit out of No Man's Sky. Ah. Awesome. So you're enjoying that? I love it. I'm getting. I'm hearing loads of bad press about it. Oh yeah, lo- loads of people hate it. It's perfect for me because the one downer for me was the fact that you could bump into other people but as it turns out you can't it's awesome. fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs> it's a single player game that I get to fly around the universe on my own it's brilliant amazing <laughs> so screw everyone else I think it's fucking brilliant I get to fly around space cataloguing things going to light speed shooting things uh, I'm at soundtrack by 65 days of static yeah. the game was made for me yeah. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant that's fair it no man's side. Yep. Aww. It's mine. It's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I have a feeling that uh, it's going to get some <clears throat> real harsh treatment on, on, on the latest gaming podcast because Ferg is not a fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think I might have a few folks like that. Yeah. So I, I have a feeling that it's going to get torn a new one by Ferg on the next <laughs> show. But uh, for my vote, it's fucking brilliant and well worth it. I, I, I absolutely love it. Cool. I was going to ask about that, but that's that's my answer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely love it. It it is everything that I wanted it to be and more because I don't have to deal with other people's fuck witchery. <laughs> Seems legit. <laughs> you do hate it when you go somewhere and somebody just snipes and kills you. I think yeah, it, it was, that, that was what made me rage quit Eve Online. It's yeah. what you know makes me a bit. That, that's why I never play the online mode in Elite Dangerous. You know. To take all that away, fucking fantastic. The game works brilliantly. Because I'm an antisocial git, but you know, yeah. that's fine. I'm happy flying around in space on my own. I don't need anyone else. Unprompted rant there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this show was built on unprompted rants. Yeah, yeah. So, yes, I, I'm loving No Man's Sky. Cool. And then I, I've, I've just got the new Attack on Titan game. And I'm going to play the shit out of that now as well. But yeah, we have quite a few Twitches, so you, I think that there's one of my first hour or so on No Man's Sky, which I did, and then obviously there's all the uh, Walking Dead ones that I've done. Yeah. So yeah, there's all sorts up there. Please go check them out on YouTube. Awesome. awesome. Uh, I'll put links in the show notes for Ninja Division. Um, you should definitely go along and check out Ninja All Stars. I'm trying to think of the best way to sum it up. It's fun to play. I think the... <sighs> It's a positional based combat game that has the feel of a skirmish game. Okay. I think. 
positions are really important. It's one of the key mechanics is where your model is facing and who it's going to be interacting with. Um, there were a lot of kids who played who demoed, they came to play demos who played chess and they seemed to get a kick out of it because there is that element of knowing where your opponent could possibly move to and how their future moves can affect where you move as well. Because mm-hmm. um, it's all about getting as much much assistance from your 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 friendly models without losing that assistance to being pinned by other models. Um, and all of it with this really cute, chibi mini style. Nice. And they are cool. I they love are. The they are awesome. And you can actually play. I think the expansion gives you the cards to allow you to play some of the ninjas in Super Dungeon Explorer. Oh, well. right. Excellent. Yeah, so it's a crossover. So it can cross over. Oh, that's really cool. But just the the depth of replay, I think, is important as well. Loads that, that's what I really like about Super Dungeon Explorer is the replay value yeah. on it is insane because you can just play it every time it's going to be different. Yeah, I think that's important as well because the because pri- it's the pr- it's priced at sixty two pounds for the ent- for the basic kit. And you get four clans in that and the the, the double sided board, and then all the tokens you need, and that always feels like quite a lot of money. But when you realise that talking to the person that spent well over one hundred and fifty yeah, quid on the <laughs> But I think once you realise that the the quality of the build is exceptional, but we've come to expect that from these guys, so that's fine. Um, and then the different game styles, the game techniques, and then the league element just adds a whole new sort of longevity to it. Sixty pounds is is nothing mm. for that for that amount mm. of gameplay. But speaking of replayability and, and costs of things, I was intrigued that you started playing Magic. Oh, fuck yes! <laughs> oh my god! Now, those of you who know me will know I've been playing Magic since I was like 17, but uh, Brendan has recently discovered Magic. So. It's been about eight weeks. <laughs> I've been playing Magic for eight weeks, and I already have a deck that's worth a couple hundred pounds, I think, just with the rares that i pulled over a couple of weeks. Yeah, I... I Psykeeper at Hide and Geek, you <laughs> son of a bitch. Well, yeah. <laughs> gave, gave me a free trial pass. Here you go. Try this. So I tried it and I got fucking hooked. Yeah, I've got to blame Alex Hill for that because uh, I was staying at his before a Cyberpunk LARP and he was just like, oh, you're going to play this. And then when the next time I turned around, it was four in the morning and we'd been playing for the best part of eight hours. I've been going into Worcester every day. And going to the shop every day, and there's always someone to play magic with, and it's just been really, really cool. Like, <laughs> it was my birthday uh, a couple of weeks back, and someone wished me a very a suitably nerdy birthday on Facebook, and I just said, "I'm playing in the Magic the Gathering tournament tonight. Is that nerdy enough?" And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, that counts." <laughs> yeah. It's like, and the next day, I alphabetized my cards after I'd first split them into type, so I had green black yeah just you wait until you start getting them alphabetized by casting cost (laughs) by (laughs) colour boxes and boxes of magic cards (laughs) yeah I don't even know why I asked because I asked you I was like dude do you play magic (laughs) do I play magic obviously you play magic (laughs) and so I introduced him to the unglued set and some of the cards in there with a bit of a laugh with my uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken deck it was because I'd never, I'd never got into magic before. I think I tried once when I worked at the cinema, so maybe about 13 years ago. I tried because the people there were playing magic. Um, but I just couldn't get into it at the time. 
But I played CCGs because I used to play um, Warlord. Mm. I used to play WWE Raw as well. I have, I have a couple of WWE yeah. Raw decks. I've got the Hardy Boys and Edge and Christian. And I had uh, Eddie Guerrero. I had an Eddie Guerrero deck. That was awesome. And then I played Legend of the Five Rings. Mm. That was my first CCG. We used to go to uh, Wade into Forge in Birmingham yeah. and just play sealed deck tournaments and pre-release tournaments there all the time. So uh, are you at the stage with Magic now where you're buying an entire box of boosters between you and a couple of other people and sitting down and opening them all? I have. I bought a box of Eldritch Moon boosters with uh, one of the guys I demoed with actually over the weekend and we split that between us. Then I bought a box of Innistrad boosters, which was the, the previous set. Oh, I remember set. Innistrad, yeah, I've got some of them. So I bought that block, um, and then I think I managed to get about 40-odd quid in store credit by trading in some of the rares mm. that I was never going to build into decks. And then I got vouchers for Amazon for my birthday, and on the off chance, I searched Amazon for Eldritch Moon booster box, <laughs> <laughs> and they were there. So I bought a box of Eldritch Moon boosters. <laughs> and my plan, again, was to sort of like... Use the cards, like find the, the the limited and uncommons and stuff that I needed to flesh out my decks that I already had, and then pull the mythics and the rares and sell them for store credit. But then I happened to pull exactly what I would need if I was going to do a certain type of deck, and so I started building that deck instead. But yeah, uh, and Kaladesh is out in a couple of weeks, so like the next set's coming out very soon. But what's worse is you'll now start getting ideas for decks that involve the cards you've traded in and yeah. you're going, God damn it, why did yeah. I do that? I think at one point when I was playing I stopped playing blue completely and I gave away all my blue cards to everyone and just traded them for other stuff and then I discovered the joys of mixing blue and green in decks and just went, what did I do? God damn it! <laughs> yeah, blue green. It is an addiction, isn't it? It, oh, is. Really it really is. is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yes, that was a, a sidetrack. But yes, sorry. Yes, but yeah, I was, just, I, I was intrigued as, as to kind of what your thoughts are as a as, as a, a shiny new Magic player versus someone who's a bit old and jaded like me. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I think I've come into it a set that suits my playstyle because I have a black zombie deck, um, and I was lucky enough that I pulled. Uh, a Tamiyo Field Researcher Planeswalker and someone wanted that so badly they traded me their Liliana the Last Hope Planeswalker which makes my zombie deck just absolutely complete I think it's a £50 card I think at the moment yeah and it's it's sick and yeah but the thing I've found really cool about it is that I went to my first F&M Friday Night Magic a couple of weeks back and everyone there was just so friendly and so helpful and like they would look at my deck and they would go well you, you could lose these cards and put these in someone lent me a few cards just for that night so mm. I could try them out in my deck and uh, yeah actually the, the community was like really supportive yeah. I mean you, you obviously get the outliers oh, who were yeah. douchebags but for the most part everyone I've spoken to or dealt with has been really really helpful Sweet. and welcoming cool so, yeah. okay well Glad you're playing, sir. Welcome to the club. Yeah. They're the, only, they're the only expansions that ever suited my playstyle were Unclued and Unhinged. Because, yeah, I, I just make bizarre decks just for the laugh. Because that's what I used to spend all my time at uni doing. Just sitting up all night, getting drunk and playing magic until ridiculous clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Added sound effects and, yeah. Fair. When you attack with zombies, you've got to go... Yeah. It's true. Things like that. Anyway... <laughs> 
Okay, so that's celebration and insomnia and stuff. Where have you been? Where have <laughs> I been? Well, we've just got back from uh, Weekend at the Asylum. Woo! And it was rather awesome. We've, we've been meaning to go for the best part of four years now, I think. We've been meaning to get to the asylum, but through one thing or another, we've never got around to it. So we finally went this year uh, as punters, and it was great. Thoroughly enjoyed the weekend. Just we only went for two days rather than the overall three. Well, we then did. that's inspired us now because we've done this to do all the days next year and stay longer. Nice. So we enjoyed it that much. We did. We're all booked. So we, yeah, we've already booked for next year. Our, our well, we've, we've rented a, a house <laughs> in Lincoln that's just round the corner from everything uh, nice. for like five days. So we're going to do the whole thing again next year. But it was great. It's it. it Trademark steampunk silliness. There was tea dueling. There was nerf, dueling. nerf shootouts. Parasol dueling. Uh, air shows. There, all sorts of. Stuff. It was brilliant. The air shows was people wearing <coughs> backpacks and running around um, in a synchronised manner, which was very silly. Count Rostov with two extra arms being a biplane, and yeah, it was <laughs> <laughs> Utter just trademark steampunk silliness, and it's wonderful. I absolutely adore it. With the usual suspects there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. everyone. Yeah, yeah, Ian Crichton, Sam Stone, yeah. David Howe, Robert Harkus, all the Telescope Raven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so many people that we know. So it was it was fantastic to see everyone and just go along okay. and get involved. It was great, absolutely brilliant. Because it got covered on BBC. Did it? Yeah, there's yeah. BBC. Uh, there were a lot of paparazzi news there. Article. There a lot of paparazzi, paparazzi there. Yeah. So not not just you, not just people there being involved, but actual paparazzi there for the whole weekend taking pictures. There was a guy trying to look nonchalant out when we were queuing to get into dinner with the Queen. So the first thing we did on the uh, the Friday night was dinner, dinner with, with the, the Queen. Queen. As you do, yeah. And um, rude not to. So it was, it was a three course dinner um, with um, added Cluedo. With, yes, it was <laughs> a murder mystery. Cluedo. So, um, Steampunk LARP Cluedo. There's um, Tom and Nimue Brown were characters in that. So during dinner, you could get up and you'd go and talk to them and talk to various characters who might have done it. And there was um, different rooms that they could have done it in and uh, various implements that they could have done it. And then uh, Queen Victoria turned up, and every time you had to get up and pass Queen Victoria, you had to curtsy. Or bow. Or bow. And, and it, it, it was rather great it was rather wonderful uh, yeah. there was a guy when we were queuing to get in that that was was looking very suspect and taking photos without asking people on of the queue mm. it was all very strange but yes normally they were actually writing people's names down and asking to take photos which is much much better yeah. so yeah it was wonderful it you know it takes over pretty much the whole of lincoln now the cathedral, yeah. the castle, there's the Westgate School, which had a wonderful food court mm. um, with milkshakes and pizzas and um, sausage in a bun. Um, and a, a gin bus. A gin bus. <laughs> <laughs> a double decker gin bus. Well, it would have to be. <laughs> it really would. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, and we did um, na the national tea dueling championships with mm -hmm. uh, Alan and Michelle as the yeah. pop master and Tiffany mistress. Mm -hmm. 
Which was great fun. There was Flashman Rules tea dueling, which was hilarious. We, we, we That's the one. Promote this sort of thing. <laughs> Down with that sort of thing. Tea dueling with without the rules, so you're allowed to like. You can have a mutley. Yes. Puts the other person off. No. Yes. So it's, it's dastardly tea dueling. That's so cricket. The winner of the day was the, the the one who brought along a sidekick with a vortex cannon. There was poisonings yeah. and laxatives and there was, there was gar- machines that went ding and... <laughs> but yeah, Flashman Rules tea dueling was, was brilliant. It was hilarious. People with horns making loud noises. Yeah. And people trying to hypnotise people. And, yeah. <laughs> Just trying to cycle the people out. Truly, truly brilliant. Oh man. I think it's definitely a niche that you guys have delved into a lot more than I have. <laughs> what, the Germany crazy? No, the steampunk. <laughs> the steampunk side of it. It's fantastic. Yeah. I love it. It's it's wonderfully, gloriously silly and, uh, and, creative. and, and creative and nice and splendid. And it's the, wonderful. Some of the outfits were just oh, yeah, outstanding. And I felt outfits. so underdressed. Yeah. Even though we, you know, we spent a lot of money on our outfits and a lot of effort, but it just compared to some people, we just mm. left spent a dust. year making them. And there's one guy had got um, a van, mm. and they they made the whole the interior was a, a, a steampunk sort of um, motorhome, and it was just spectacular yeah, with unreal. brass and and the way they've done all of the different bits of fitted bits and had a couple of portals. It was just amazing and that was a, a, a feature that they just had open for two days and people were just going to stare in their van it was we, we thought that it might be slightly special when we were driving behind it going yeah. into the hotel <laughs> and it had a porthole on the back that had been rub and buffed and we're like yeah steampunk and, and, a, and, a, and a pirate flag on the spare tire on the spare wheel, yeah so <laughs> we were like yeah that that's going to be someone well we just thought it was going to be somebody there but then of course you open it up and the entire inside of it is all steampunked up and it's brilliant so yeah it was it's phenomenal and it was utterly rammed the entire city was just rammed with steampunks it was brilliant it's getting bigger and bigger yeah it is so even with my bottoming bigger that i I bought i still wasn't dressed up enough even with your bottoming big enough not even going to ask (laughs) probably best not to So yes, I need to get uh, going with them. Yep, so we're already thinking of what we can do next year. (laughs) We're going to start on on costumes and things for it already. I've ordered a few interesting things. I'm not going to go into what it is yet until it's done. So yes, that was that. And yeah, so if if, if you get the chance, go along to the asylum. It's absolutely amazing, even if it's just for a day. But the whole weekend's programme of events, there's just so much stuff going on. There's gigs, there's talks, there's... Piss take quiz shows, tea dueling, parasol dueling, everything. It's just it's utterly brilliant. All steampunks in space, which is at steampunks the end of space, November yeah. in Leicester. Uh, in Leicester, which we've been to for the last few years. And then there's a steampunk New Year as well in Leicester. Yes, there is. You can either get a double ticket or a single ticket for that, mm. so it's not a family. Yeah, we'll put all the links to that. Yeah, so so anybody quite. wants steampunkery, then there's there's tons of it around. A full set of show notes. Yeah. Because there's an insomnia in, in December as well. Yeah. So, loads. So, yes, that's that's what we've been up to of late. Uh, yeah. 
and mainly mainlining the shit out of some TV programs. Yeah. Sorry, I'm <laughs> just trying to run you guys, don't worry. It's fine, don't worry about it. Uh, so I, I, I guess the, the one that we've been mainlining and enjoying at the moment is we finally got around to watching Dark Matter uh, and we've, we've done in just over a season of that uh, we're watching a lot of Killjoys Woo! Killjoys is back for season 2 and that's really good um, I love Killjoys what else have we been watching lots of recently I have for one reason or another had an awful lot of spare time on my hands recently so I managed to watch Deep Space Nine from episode one uh, all the way through yes that <laughs> we've been through the pain of Enterprise we've done all of, all of Enterprise well, apart from the final episode for me but you've watched the final episode because yeah. I've embarked on a mission to watch all of Star Trek in chronological order <laughs> <laughs> so, yes I'd forgotten about this yes this is something I'm doing <laughs> so obviously I have a list of every episode of Star Trek in its chronological placement. Because okay, so it's Stardate order. Uh, it's essentially Stardate order. Yeah, yes. rather than release order. Yes. Okay. So I've started with Enterprise and I've gone all the way through and I can't watch the last, last episode of Enterprise because that actually happens during season five of Next Gen and ties in with the Pegasus episode with Riker. Mm-hmm. So I can't watch that until then. So, yeah, I, I'm now on to the, the original series. The certain ones out of order, and yeah. the, certain, the certain series interchange and everything. And where our I films mean, fit in as well. Yeah. So. But the, the Enterprise has always been a, an issue for us, because the theme music the theme is so music was so bad that I couldn't watch the show. Well, you were at SFX3. You, you, you heard that, that main stage area boo the Enterprise yeah. soundtrack when it oh, came yeah. on. Because it's awful. <laughs> Even even in even season three, when they remaster it. it and add loads of strings and stuff into it, it's still unbearable. Yeah. And the reason the reason episode of season one where they spend the entire episode finding out one of the characters' favourite foods. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was there are some truly odd plotline choices yeah. going on. There, there were there were some that I I actually had to sleep through. Yeah. They were that painful. Well, I've just been lying in bed watching Deep Space Nine. Cool. So. I will get around to that eventually. DS Nine is fantastic. Yeah, it's my favourite. My favourite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt, it's my the favourite. The music, yeah. Like, it's weird doing an MA in musicology. I've, I've got my dissertation all set. I know what I'm doing. If I could go back and re-plan my dissertation, I would want to look at the use of music in Star Trek. Mm. Because the opening credit music for Deep Space Nine is... Phenomenal. Oh, it's wonderful. I remember it's one watching. Of the best yeah, I remember watching a piece on how the guy came up with that theme before yeah. it was actually released, because I was all excited when DS Nine was coming on TV. I was like, "Oh, it sounds amazing!" And then one of the documentaries was about how the guy came up with the theme tune for it, and that was phenomenal. Yeah. Don't they have one of the the biggest orchestras in Star Trek? That and the Simpsons have the the yeah. biggest yeah, orchestras in music. Yeah. Yeah, DS9 does that opening credits. It changes as well. I think it changes around season three. I think they add something to it. Mm. But yeah, it's good to listen to. Cool. The great thing about Enterprise watching it was... Nope, there's nothing great about Enterprise. Was seeing all the old characters come back and reprise different roles. Well, you mean Jeffrey Coombs, who's in everything. Yeah, so (laughs) he's he's the Andorian that keeps coming back. And then Brent Spiner as Noonie and Soong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and isn't Neelix in there? Uh, yes, 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 he's in a, a couple of episodes. Frankie's. Uh, and Odo, my Odo. my mate Odo, is back. <laughs> Rene Aubergenois, he's in another couple of episodes. Mm. Uh, and then there's, there's all sorts of weird. 
cameos. Like Seth MacFarlane has two cameos in it. Really? Yeah, he turns up twice as like a random ensign. And then the, all the old, <laughs> all the old actors come back as uh, doing directing various yeah. episodes. Uh, yeah, so yeah, like yeah. pretty much all the cast of Voyager end up directing episodes. Robert Duncan Pop- McNeil and Pop- uh, Pop- 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 one. I think Jeffrey Coombs is probably the most hardworking extra in Star Trek. Yes, yes. Because he agree. played so many roles in Deep Space Nine. Yeah. He was obviously because he's, 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 he's a Ferengi. He's Wayun. Yeah, he's Wayun. He's he's yeah, he's a Ferengi, and he's in, he plays another one as well. There's another episode before he's the Wayun Vorta. He plays another character. But he's never just himself. He's always no. in lots of makeup, and he's always outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, it was it was interesting watching Enterprise. Uh, it, it kind of it was obvious that they'd been canned, and then were trying to crowbar in so many linking plot points that they'd obviously wanted to do over another three or four seasons. Yeah. Like season you know, oh quick, we've got to justify why the Klingons have flat foreheads. Write write the two part episode. That'll do it. So it doesn't really hang together well, but you. If, if they'd managed to, if they'd forgotten the first few series of it and actually used the plot points of season four to mm. do all of Enterprise, it, it would have been much improved. Ignored all the time travel episodes. Yes. <laughs> well, the Klingon thing's going to be interesting because they've got Star Trek Discovery mm. coming out, which is set between Enterprise and the original series. So yeah. You're going you're to have to go back and rewatch everything now and put Discovery. Well, oh, don't tell me that. No. Into this chronology because you can't watch. Yeah, you need to stop watching Star Trek now. Until Discovery's out, I thought Discovery was coming afterwards. That's why I was watching it all in no, this dis- order. Discovery's bef- before the original series, after Enterprise, because the um... <laughs> wow, <laughs> she laughs at my despair. <laughs> Casting for Wicked, <laughs> um, because the uh, registration number is ten thirty-one. Right. Uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. 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 So it's, a, it's an only registration number. Right. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> but yeah, this is with you. <laughs> they must have. They must have Klingons in that. Yeah, and they're supposed to have flatheads because yeah. they're flatheads from which series. Only some of them have flatheads. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a te- technically, of the technically, we don't talk about it. Is water's, <laughs> water's response? Um, but then they explained why in Enterprise, and in a two-parter as to why they have flat foreheads. You see, I didn't want Enterprise. Yeah, well, this is the thing: is, is is they came up with this whole virus concept that the Doctor went and fixed, and as a side effect of fixing it, then they lost the cranial ridges. Ah, this is what I mean: is that that sounds ridiculous. They put a whole bunch of linking stuff in into really short spaces of episodes. So th- things like the Mirror Universe thing, they crowbarred in a two-part episode about the Mirror Universe <laughs> and the kickoff of the Terran Empire and things. So just to make it all link for when it comes back later so it's weird because Enterprise was the last one on TV but it's the first one but it, it's been written with a way of trying to link everything together okay. that happens later but obviously they'd been canned yeah. and didn't have enough time to do it justice mm. so it's just a bit odd fair enough but anyway, yeah. uh, so there's that. But then the, the the new show that we haven't spoken about yet is Stranger Things. Oh my god, that show is awesome! Oh my god, it is that show. I think Zach Levi described it best at Nerd HQ when he described it as um, if Steven Spielberg and Wes Craven had a love child, 
that was raised by John Hughes. And I was just like, yes, that's that's the best description of this show. Yeah. It's insane how it's good that show is. Amazing. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Even down to the fact that they actually, during the colouring and grading process, because it was shot on digital, mm. they actually had a grain film, which they put over the grading process to make it look old school. Yeah. And I'm watching it through again, and like, the stuff that I missed first time round that I'm catching second time round just a fantastic show yeah it is it's really really I mean you know the, the John Carpenter-esque soundtracks yeah it's phenomenal all that simple brilliant and incredible child actors as well yes yeah the, yeah, the core group of actors are, yeah. are, are amazing and good to see Winona Ryder doing something as well yes yeah she's brilliant in it. she was she was my uh, she was my childhood crush Winona Ryder fair enough Still is Johnny Choppermit or Gravity um, Bites and Beetlejuice Heather's uh, Beetlejuice first Heather's later right yeah fair play uh, but yeah and, and apparently renewed for a second season yeah where, where do you think they're going to go second season well the teaser was out today um, I think they've teased I was trying to work out whether in the teaser they were teasing episode titles or films that it's based on because the first one was Mad Max, so well, that's obviously a film. Mm. The second one was The Pumpkin Patch, and I can't find a film called The Pumpkin Patch. And then there's the uh, one that's called uh, The Boy Who Came Back to Life. Because mm. that's what they've got to do. They've got to try and explain how Will, who, you know, the Tarrants had a very public burial and funeral for this kid who's mm. now not dead. Yes. Um, they're going to have to deal with that. I hope. Barb's mom starts asking where Barb is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I hope. I saw, like, <laughs> I saw a picture today that someone had posted about no, it's like a, a lost missing picture of Barb. <laughs> it's just saying, look, yeah, I, I, I was kind of wondering where she got to, but I was too busy fucking around with my boyfriend. And answers <laughs> like, to the name of Barb is missing. Poor Barb. Just got absolutely wrecked. Just completely ignored, utterly yeah. forgotten about. I did kept saying, didn't I? What about poor Barb? What about poor Barb? What about Barb? <laughs> Forget save fairies, save Barb. Yeah, it's going to be really weird. I think... I hope he doesn't suffer from the True Detective Syndrome. Yes. Where the first season of True Detective was so good because we didn't know really what the fuck was going on. Yeah. And it was dark and it was green. It was well shot. They just couldn't repeat that for the second season. Well, they, they put it, time pressure on. He had yeah. all of his life to come up with the first one, yeah. and then they said, "Right, you will do. Yeah. Sit down and write another one." But I then. guess that's the thing: is you know, is it going to be a continuation of the story, or is it going to be something else, a la True Detective, a la uh, American Horror Story? It's a continuation. From what I know, it's a continuation of the story. It's going to take place a year after the events of the first season to explain the ageing yes. of the actors which I think is right and sensible yeah. um, but part of the mystery of this series is the the experiments going on in that in those labs now after the events of season one that shouldn't be a mystery anymore any weird things that happen in season two <laughs> should be immediately pointing fingers at the labs and going you've, of course, yeah, you've yeah, got yeah. form for this guys so how do they make it mysterious again? 
Um, I'm not sure. Well, I guess um, it's just because that there are a lot of unanswered questions at the end of the last season. So I, yeah, I think like, it's picking at those threads. I think will be like interesting. Where did Eleven go? Yeah. Is, is she back? Is Hopper to the Beastie? Yeah, is Hopper leaving food for her? Yeah. Um, the idea that the Beast is Eleven. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm not buying that myself. No, I'm there's, not buying that. There's a fan theory that you know everything in our world is reflected in the in the um, the upside down. And the the beast, the demigorgon in the upside down is a reflection of eleven. And I'm thinking, I'm not buying that. No, I, I think that's too much. That's that's too easy to write off. Just as soon as she breaks through that wall, she creates this creature. I think that creature is always there, so I'm yeah. not buying that. Plus, that creature was laying eggs, or at least something was laying eggs because mm. we see those eggs. So I don't think that's it. Um, I think eleven paid a huge price. To defeat the demigorgon, I'm just not sure what. So yes. that'll come out, and then obviously the, there's the, the the slugs, yes. the wheel chokes up, and then the flash of the upside of him, down. Of him going back into the um, other dimension, yeah. So where did that come from? Was that because he is was that his exposure? Is it something? Yeah. That's been was it because yeah. he had that tube yeah. in his mouth, yeah. or was it because he was there? Because if it's just because he was there, then, then that's presumably going to happen to what's her face yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, there's lots of lots, lots of stuff questions. The Upside Down is getting explored more in the second series, apparently. So maybe Eleven's trapped in the Upside Down. She's got to make her way kind back. Of just fe- it feels very Silent Hill to me. But yeah. yeah. Apparently, it was like the original artwork for it had it as quite a nice place. It was almost Narnia-esque. Right. Like, it was light and it was green. Like, there wasn't as much spider webs and flowing ash around the place. No, it feels very Silent Hill the yeah. way they've gone in the end. But yeah, no, that, that series was... I watched that entire thing in a day. We, we watched the first two episodes, I think, then went back, rewatched it, and then watched the whole lot. Yeah, I couldn't tear myself away from it. Yeah, brilliant. True, brilliant. Okay, so we're almost up to uh, the new fall season of yeah, TV shows. That's really snuck up on us. It really has. Uh, but I've kind of I've been through and picked out what I think are the kind of the, the main picks of the uh, of the next season. Okay. Not. Not counting returning shows; these are just new ones. I have done no research this whatsoever. Well, then we'll we'll we'll, we'll get <laughs> honest reactions from both of you then on on what I think are the, the shows to look out for. Cool. Okay, so what we have first up is a show called Designated Survivor on ABC, which is Kiefer Sutherland as a low-level politician who's forced into becoming president when all the rest in the line of succession are killed. Hmm. Unless that's a comedy, it's oh. not. No, <laughs> no, it isn't. Sadly. Yeah, no. I'm not sold on that. No, no, no neither am I. <laughs> unless like, so unless it's like that episode of The West Wing, where President Barnett's gone to the State of the Union address and he has to leave like the head of agriculture in charge of the White House. I just don't see how it can work with. Sutherland. Yeah, so it, it's, it's kind of similar to the BSG thing of when uh, the education minister gets, ends up being president. But yeah, you never know. So yeah, yeah what, what to possibly avoid? Who knows? But it's Keith Sutherland. If it was a nobody actor and nobody role, then I could buy it. But it's fucking Jack Bauer <laughs> and one of the Lost Boys. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, moving on then. Uh, still on CBS is Bull which is uh, what Michael Weatherly has gone on to do after leaving NCIS, which is based on the early life of Dr. Phil. Yeah, I've got no idea who that is. No. 
He used to be the psychologist on the Oprah Winfrey show and then went off and had his own show so separate like, like to the that. Jeremy Kyle's Graham. Is it Graham? Yes, Graham from Jeremy Kyle. If he <laughs> went off. <laughs> yeah, you're picking really bad Dude, references. Dude, you watch all this stuff like Bake Off and you don't know what Jeremy Kyle is. Bake Off is class. <laughs> That's why. And let's not forget, like, this comes out on a Friday. We record on a Wednesday. It's Bake Off time now. <laughs> you just have to deal with it on catch-up, sir. <laughs> okay, yeah. I'm not sold on a TV show based on the early life of a talk show psychiatrist. No, so it, it may not have been the best move for Michael Weatherly to stop being Genozo and start being Dr. Phil. Uh, okay, uh, also on CBS, this is one that's actually started now. It's a summer show called Brain Dead which is about a new congressional staffer called Laurel, played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who discovers that aliens have eaten the brains of a number of people on the hill in a comedy drama set in Washington, D.C. You sure it's not a documentary? <laughs> it could be a docudrama, you never know. Or, 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 or some kind of precognizant thing for when Trump gets in the White House. And... Oh, don't even <laughs> joke. <laughs> Uh, well, I've, I've, I've downloaded like the first ten episodes of that, so I will check that out and undoubtedly come back and let you know whether it's any good on the next show. Uh, also, still with CBS, MacGyver. MacGyver? The early life of MacGyver. Who's playing MacGyver? Uh, I, I honestly haven't written it down. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was unprepared for this segment. Okay. So I've written like a whole bunch of stuff that, that kind of says about the blurbs of shows, and what I've written under MacGyver, it says, no words needed. Obviously, the words are words needed. That's my notes. Apparently, I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. All right? <laughs> the cast would have been a good start. Are you hoping to cobble together an answer out of like sticky back plastic and wires? Yeah, that's it. That's what you need to do. You need to MacGyver as an answer. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know, but I know it's based on the early life of MacGyver and being set in a contemporary environment rather than to go along with the original show. Uh, it could be interesting for a sort of like a nostalgia hit. Yes. But they, didn't, they tr- didn't they try redoing Knight Rider recently? Uh, that was a few years ago, yeah, yeah and that, and that uh, failed miserably. Yeah, okay, so I'm not holding out hope for it. No. Okay, uh, the last one on CBS is Pure Genius, which is Silicon Valley tech billionaire recruits surgeon to be his chief of staff at a new cutting-edge hospital in a medical drama. Could be interesting. Uh, sounds a little Scorpion meets Diggy Hauser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm a fan of hospital dramas. I love the... Uh, well, I, uh, I really like hospital nice. dramas and, and hospital comics, so I like House and I like Scrubs, and yeah. so uh, I think that's why I put it on the list. MacGyver is played by uh, uh, yeah, Lucas Till, yes. so uh, Alex Summers in X Men. Okay, he got stamped out by. There you go. Mm. That's who's playing MacGyver. Uh, so that's it for CBS. Uh, CW has a new show called Frequency, which is based on a 2000 film. Uh, where Detective Ramey Sullivan discovers she can speak to her estranged father in the past who died in 1996 while undercover through an old ham radio. Film TV shows generally fail after one season, as of Limitless. Not not on CW. Yeah, I mean, like, I, see, I do see where it's coming from, and Limitless got unfairly canned. Like, Minority Limitless was Re- awesome. Yeah, that was a great show. Minority Report went on far too long. Rubbish, sci-fi, Fox. Yeah, it's disaster. disaster. Um... <laughs> I mean, going back maybe 
seven, eight years or so, CW are one of those networks with all the pretty boys and pretty girl actors. Yeah, well, it was just like Smallville. And yeah, it was always um, style over substance in terms of the acting. But I think there's been a definite shift in the last three or four years, like with the with the Arrowverse. Yeah, with the Arrowverse and with Supernatural and stuff like that. Yeah. I think you know CW is it's, it's an awesome network. Man. Yeah, it's I I totally trust what they put out, it's, so I'd be up for the show. It's the last hope for Constantine as well. Yeah, and yeah. it does the hundred. Yes, and the hundred's fucking awesome. The hundred is <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah. Did, have we finished the season yet? Yes. Did we? Okay. Obviously, had a very memorable ending. No, I remember what happened now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's the CW. So and, and on onto the much maligned Fox uh, Twenty Four Legacy. Fuck it. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Give me details of that then. I didn't even watch Twenty Four. The first so. season Twenty Four was awesome. Yeah. Except like when the one thing that got me about that first season Twenty Four was he cut his beard really quickly. Like I've had a really big beard like that. It's been massively unkempt. That's in season two. No, it's sort of season one. No, nah, because it's after it's after, after, uh, after spoilers at end of season one happens. Uh, he leaves CTU and then he becomes a drunk, and then they bring him back into CTU at the start of season two and he oh, shaves yeah, his beard off. Oh, maybe. Because in season one, when you see him, he's head of CTU and he's he's Captain Awesome. Maybe it's season two then. I didn't ever see season one. I saw season two, and then Simon said, "I kept saying, who's that?" And said, oh, that's the daughter. Random blonde woman one. Random blonde woman I couldn't tell the difference between all the blondes. And uh, nothing happened in real time. Like, you didn't go to the toilet. And and, and it takes far longer than one ad break to get through the security to see to you and get to your desk. Yeah. So none of that really hung together for me. It had its issues, but I enjoyed it. Tell me where the bomb is. Tell me where the bomb is! Um, It was always a bomb. (laughs) Um, next <laughs> is Fox's adaptation of The Exorcist. Nope. <laughs> Not even with Gina Davis in it. Nope. No. Nope. The only, the only, the only film with an exorcist that she should be involved in is Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Well, exactly. That's, a, that's what amused me about the fact that she's in the Exorcist TV show. Just expect Michael Keaton to turn. Yeah, uh, it will struggle to get a full season pickup. Okay, and Fox's third foray for me is Lethal Weapon. Nope. No. <laughs> it's a film. It's Fox. It's not going to happen. Has to be some original content somewhere, guys. Come on. Right. Okay. Well. Uh, so this brings us on to Fox's last hope, which for me, actually, I think I'm really looking forward to, which is Son of Zorn. Yes. I saw the trailer for that at Comic Con, <laughs> and that looks hilarious. Which of the uninitiated is essentially about a, a He-Man, a, a 2D He-Man alike coming back to a live action family that he's left behind 10 years ago and, and dealing with the fallout of him coming back and getting a job and stuff uh, it's very Archer in this comedy presentation yes very uh, very Archer uh, with a bit of kind of family guy thrown in there as well but it uh, it, it looks intriguing it looks hilarious <laughs> it, it, it does um, so yeah I, I, I'm looking forward to that one we'll give that one a go uh, now, one for you, darling, is the Blacklist Redemption. Yay! I love the Blacklist. So the spin-off on NBC, which is the Tom and his mum and but I kind of things as a spin-off Tom story. Tom's being the Blacklist. Really? I did, not, I did not know they were doing a spin-off. Yeah. Yep. 
Black Mist Redemption. Why they brought that was his mum in? His mum in uh, as, as a plot hook. So that was a backdoor pilot for uh, Black Mist Redemption. Uh, okay. But I'm going to miss Tom from the original because he's quite cool. If he moves across, mm. depends because the, the the end of the last season kind of leaves it open a bit. Yeah, it does. Okay, uh, sticking with NBC, Timeless, which is a guy steals a time machine and it's up to a trio that include the time machine engineer, Delta Force soldier and history professor to use a prototype to stop him from changing the past. So NBC, time travel, time cop type thing. Yeah, I'm feeling the time cop vibes. Mm. Also, not feeling... Bit of continuum, yeah. which got a bit dull, and I must admit we haven't even watched the last season of. It's it's a bit like The Legends of Tomorrow as well, though, isn't it? They're kind of time travelling. Again, we haven't finished watching season one of that. No, we haven't. There were bits of that that um, I liked. Well, yeah, the bits that were like Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that's a new, a new sci-fi, timeless. I think that's where, it, where it's going to struggle is it's going to struggle in, in its comparisons to Doctor Who. Yeah. It's going to struggle even more in its comparisons to the Time Cup, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and a bit of Continuum. Yeah. Which network? Uh, NBC. So, same as the Blacklist. Okay. Could be interesting. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now, NBC's flagship one, I would say, is Westworld. Yeah. A lot of adverts for that moment with Sky Atlantic getting and the And on for cinema. That. It's yeah. getting play in front of uh, theatrical releases at the moment. What no, is it? Westworld. Westworld's based on a 1973 Michael Crichton film, yeah. uh, which had Yule Brynner and amongst other people in it, and this one's got Anthony Hopkins in the cast. Another of it. film? Yes, yeah. films TV Another again. Films TV. Now, there's an awful lot of films being remade, and now there's an awful lot of films being made into TV shows. Can people not come up with something different? No, the answer would seem to be no. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of not coming up with anything different Netflix's new one is uh, a series of unfortunate events again no, well, they only the ever books. made the one film of that yeah and now they're planning on doing the whole thing as a series on on Netflix it's not a book I ever read that might actually so, work better on Netflix I think it really will work um, on Netflix so that might be alright but Westworld though I don't know I'm just going to have to watch it yeah. and see the trailers make it look shiny and nice and ooh, but whether they just put all of that in the trailer, I don't know. We'd have to see the whole thing. It's going to be another another vehicle for asking questions about what is reality and what oh, makes us real. Oh, of course, yeah. Mm, it okay. is because it, it's the whole kind of oh, what's wrong with these things? It's they're developing sentience and yeah. blah blah blah. So we we know how it's going to go. We know yeah. what the tropes are. It's just how well they pull it off. Um, sticking with Netflix, Luke Cage. Yep, looks fucking awesome. Yeah. Now an interesting the battle, one the battle for Harlem from a network that I don't know. Uh, they're only uh, labelled as Freef, but they're apparently doing Marvel's Cloak and Dagger. Now I don't know if you remember Cloak and Dagger. I don't. They were some of my favourites. They were two superheroes: one who had the power of light, and one who had a cloak that was filled with darkness. And he could teleport around, and she could take other people into his cloak and be teleported because she would keep them alive with her light. And there were two homeless kids that were experimented on in New York. They thought they were a secondary set of characters in Power Pack, which is about four kids who moved to New York. Hmm. So, I'm up for it. 
it's an interesting one and it kind of fits with that whole kind of hell kitcheny vibe but i think it's on a different network by the look of it it's not netflix or abc or abc it's uh, it's labeled as free is it not like free from or something no clue that's really weird because yeah abc have the tv rights for marvel yep uh well uh, not all of them though because fox have stuff for legion so fox have legion which is a marvel fan again property. it's not fox um, well, unless it's free Fox, might be a that's subsidiary of Fox. I don't know, but everyone's getting a piece of the pie. Cloak and Dagger were two of my kind of favourite superheroes when I was a kid because they appeared in Power. It's free form. Free form. Okay. Who are they? Uh, subsidiary. A subsidiary or something. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I'm just trying to research it now. Mm, okay. Uh, okay, other ones. So now we're, we're on to some really random networks now and other things. So uh, Epics are doing one called Berlin Station, which is about a CIA analyst uh, in Berlin in the 1970s, I believe it is. It's got Richard Armitage, who was in Spooks, Reese Ephens, uh, and it's yeah, so it's like 1970s, 1980s Cold War CIA type thriller called Berlin interest. Station. which sounds kind of cool, that on Epics. Uh, BBC America are attempting to do another remake of Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. Again. Yeah, and they're doing that with, with Elijah, Elijah Wood. Wood. Yeah. Yes. That sounds like it could be interesting. Yeah, he did a panel on that again at Nerd HQ over San Diego Comic Con. Um, so, yeah. Now, I love the last version with Stephen Mangan, so I'll be interested to see how BBC America pull it off, especially with an American cast. Um... Okay, so uh, going back to Clegg it looks like Freeform is the old ABC family. Right, okay. So they would, would have Marvel rights. Okay, there you go. Uh, it's a love story that happens to have characters that have been traditionally been in that age group. So it goes to the YA audience. Cool. Yeah, because I said that they were teenage runaways yeah. that got experimented on and turned into Cloak and Dagger, if I remember their origin story correctly. Uh, okay, other stuff. So, Cinemax, a show called Quarry, uh, based on a series of novels by Max Allen Collins. Uh, Matt Conway returns from Vietnam to Memphis in 1972, only to struggle with acceptance and experiences as a sniper. He's recruited by the broker, played by Stellan Skarsgård, to join a group of contract killers who work along the Mississippi River. I like Stellan Skarsgård. I like the sound of that. It, again, it sounds really good. So, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Uh, sticking with the sniper thing, uh, USA Network are doing Shooter, based on the 2000 film about an ex-Marine sniper with Ryan Philippe, uh, when he learns of a plot to kill the president. So that's based on the, is it Mark Wahlberg, Shooter? Probably. I think, he, I think it was Mark Wahlberg mm -hmm. who did Shooter. So that's the sort of thing he would do. Yeah, that was 2007. Uh IFC Network have a show Please, called. Who are they? I, I don't know. The reason it's. it's come on, you'll understand why I like this one. It's called Stan Against Evil. Uh, it, <laughs> former Sheriff Stan Miller, played by John C. McGinley, ducked Cox for the win. Uh, 
who was forced into retirement, must work with his replacement after they discover demons in their small New England town in this horror comedy series. Okay. That sounds so like it could be interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got such a reaper about it. Yeah, indeed. Uh, and a bit of uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil and a bit of Cabin in the Woods. and a bit of Eureka. Yeah. So, I, I, John C. McGinley, yeah. I'm sold. Totally. I have to watch it. Um... Another BBC America show called 13. Uh, someone returns to her family after disappearing 13 years ago. Mother seeks to keep the news of her parents' separation from her. Her sister <coughs> resents the attention that's being drawn away from her and all the while the kidnapper has not been caught. So BBC drama about somebody who's been missing for 13 years. Sounded kind of interesting. Sounded like your kind of thing. I've seen darling. it. You've seen it? Yeah. All right, well, there you go. It is obviously your kind of thing. <laughs> That's me told! <laughs> I know, while you're off at cons, being a nerd, just watching the shows you're talking about. <laughs> right, I, I, I'm going to say this, this is the last one on the list, but you're probably going to have seen this one as well then, or at least a version of it, which is The Tunnel, on, which is a PBS and Sky co-production uh, about detectives who have to work together after bodies of a French politician and British prostitute are found in the midpoint of the tunnel. <sighs> A British French adaptation of The Bridge, which I, I've heard of it. I've, I've, I don't think I've seen it. Yay! <laughs> Score one for Team Spindles. Okay, so <laughs> this is one, darling, that you might like. <laughs> so yeah, crime drama. So yeah, that was th- those are the ones that I think that have jumped out at me as new shows that are yeah. due out in the fall season. And on top of that, we have um, American Gods and Legion. Stars, but uh, I think American Gods isn't till next like kind of May time. Oh, is it another one of it's, those? It's, it's late. There are a few shows that I haven't included in this list because they're not due for release until like March, April, May oh, okay. next year. They're not actually in the fall schedule. Okay, so they'll be fitting into the Game of Thrones slot that's been vacated. Yep. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Well, so, there you go. That, that 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 was my picks of the things that are due out. I think Son of Zorn is going to be a big pick for me. I think. Yes. But. Cool. Do we have anything else for this show? Oh dear Lord, uh, no, because I've, I've I've got a ton of Attack on Titan to watch and play. So. <laughs> well, I've got magic cards to advertise. <laughs> oh well, yes. Who doesn't? <laughs> you know, at one point I used to actually keep a checklist and I used to check off what I used to get in each of the sets so I knew whether I was getting them there or not. And then I eventually had to give that up when they got beyond like 20 expansion sets. Just, yeah. yeah. I'm just not going to do it. Then I started translating them onto a computer database and then even that became too much of a pain in the arse that I just gave up. Yeah, he, he, wants, um, he wants spent several months uh, putting them all into a computer database. Um, that's interesting. I can totally imagine it. That's how bad it gets when you want to categorise your magic cards. Yeah, I can see that happening. Because then it's in a searchable database that you can search for, I want these powers and I want these things. And it was in this special magic software where you could put them all in and then build decks out of them virtually. So you didn't even have to get the cards out to build the decks. So yes, you you could prototype decks without actually having to find the cards. And then you would know which ones would go really well with it, so that you could go and find those. Yeah. Yeah. Not nerdy at all. No. <laughs> if 
I will be doing that tonight. Excellent. Once, sir. I've, once I've cut up and bake off, obviously. Oh, 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 of course. Well, strictly starting soon, isn't it? It is. It's another one of your. It is. Favorite shows. Interesting choices. There's nothing wrong with Strictly. <laughs> <laughs> Melvin O'Dooms in the next season. Oh no, that is. From Dick and Don in the bungalow. Oh, he was one of the. Fucking kidding me. He was. He, no, he's, he's really good actually. He's a hot radio DJ, I think. Oh. He's really cool. He's really funny. Well, you better take it seriously and learn to fucking dance. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's I some fairly useless politicians. Strictly in is not a laughing matter. Yeah, Ed Balls. Don't is dick on around it. with Strictly. Don't, you don't fuck with Susie Dent on Countdown. You don't dick around with Strictly. <laughs> Words to the wise, people. <laughs> yeah. It's all these kind of twee British TV shows that you really like. I'm trying to, you know, acclimatise to. The British culture. <laughs> so I like things like the great, um, the great British menu and things, which are a bit more. And I probably would if I'd ever watched an episode of it. And the thing is, yeah. if I did watch an episode of it, I would become hooked on it. Yeah. I, just have, I have a stupidly addicted personality. But we've told you what you need to watch. You need to watch Drunken Histories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go check that out. Because <laughs> that was genius. I will check that out. <laughs> right. That's all for this episode, then. I believe so. Yeah. Um, thank you all very much for listening, and thank you all for bearing with us with our recent absence. Yeah, difficult um, couple of months, but we're back. We are back. Um, and until next time, uh, I haven't signed off for ages. I forgot I had to do this. <laughs> I usually forget. Who are you? I usually forget how to do this, and Spindles usually edits this, but he's probably going to keep this in. Um, I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles. And I've been Emma. And until next time, take care and be excellent to each other.